Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of TOJ Live. Uh, solo edition again. I'm back after a week off. Uh, Zance and I took the week off after the Falcons game. No secrets there. I think we all kind of needed it in a in a deep state of depression there. But uh, I'm back. I won't uh, I won't call it a first and ten. I won't call it a first and uh, forever after that offensive performance. Let's call it first and manageable. I'm not going to go through the ten points and the and the one big thought. I'm just going to kind of go through my quick hitting thoughts um, on this game. But I'd say let's start by saying uh, let's temper expectations. Right? It was exciting. It was good to see points. The Jets. Um, no points in the first half, you know, ended in a, in a, in a tie at the end of the first half, uh, 0-0. But I think we all kind of felt better about the way the Jets were at least moving the ball, the way that Hackett was calling plays. I think you saw a semblance of freedom from Zach Wilson, of Hackett kind of having a better feel for the game. And then they go in nothing, nothing at halftime, but you kind of feel pretty good. And the Jets come out in the, at the start of the second half. They march down the field and score, get the ball back, score another one. They go up 14 nothing. And when they get the ball back again and Zach Wilson scrambles and fumbles and listen, you, you can't fault the kid. I'm happy that he ran. It's in a you know driving rainstorm and he, and he coughs the ball up. And of course the Texans come down and score, I think like three or four plays later, like real quick, they hit, you know, one up the right sideline, one up the left sideline, they're inside the 10 yard line. They get that they punch it in and, and two more plays. So you know, it, it, I think at that point, we kind of all thought, listen, I've seen this move before and, and the Texans are a good team and this is where it falls apart. And that's where I think Zach Wilson and Hackett had their most impressive drive because they come right back, march down the field, score another touchdown. They hit Brees Hall um, on the left on the screen on third and goal and punch it in to make it 21-6. And at that point, I think there was no looking back and the jets kind of, you know, storm away with this victory and ultimately win 30 to six. And so I started this by saying, you know, temper expectations. So listen, this was a good game. It was finally a fun game to watch. We saw three offensive touchdowns. We saw the jets move the ball, three field goals by Greg Zerline and a driving rainstorm. I think this is the game where everything kind of clicked. The Texans aren't a bad team. CJ Stroud has been incredibly impressive through the first 12, 13 games, 12 games of the season. D'Amico Ryans clearly is uh, is a good coach. You know, him and Sala have great respect for each other. They learned, uh, you know, under Shanahan and in San Francisco. So clearly there's good, uh, good lineage there. So it's nothing to discount. So for the Jets to come out and not only win, but to win in that fashion, I think is impressive. And listen, it keeps the, you know, the shred of, of hopes alive. But I think at the very least, um, it just gives you, you know, a reason to continue watch watching and and a reason to have at least a little bit of hope and a reason to, to just be excited. And I think, you know, I'm more on this particular show when I when I go solo and I talk uh, first and 10, first and forever, first and manageable today. Um, I more talk on the emotional side of things and just kind of how it feels, especially this season, because it's been a very, very difficult one, um, all things considered. So it's 
just good to root for a team that scores points and to finally see a win and for them to get off the schneid and just get back in the W column and at least have something to cheer for. Um, I've spent too many times, you know, looking at draft position and rooting for the tank. And I, I say that really the only time I've really ever done that is the Adam Gase year in 2020, where I just, I wanted an end to that. And, and knowing that Trevor Lawrence was kind of the carrot that was dangling at the end of that season, that's really what you were hoping for. Um, but really, you know, I, I always root for them to win games. And I just felt like this season with, with five games left, it was just too soon um, to, to root for the tank and to start cheering for draft position. At this point, you know, in my in the stage of my life and my career as a Jets fan, it's all a crapshoot. And whether they pick fourth or ninth or 15th, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And I think history says that, you know, good teams will find good players uh, no matter where they're picking. And I think that's where the Jets kind of have to turn it around. You don't ultimately need a number one overall pick to turn your franchise around. I think you just have to find good players consistently and and be able to do that both in the draft and free agency. And I think that's the, you know, the biggest gap and where the jets obviously need to uh, need to strive and, and, and ultimately get to. So again, to drive this home, um, it was good to see a win. I think it's good to see the offense play. Well, I think Zach, you know, he played freely. He, He played without a care. He, he, he looked like his old self, um, you know, back at BYU and it's kind of hard to decipher. This is one game. So let's not think that, you know, they're going to go on this, uh, this four game tear from here on out with Zach Wilson throwing for three bills and two touchdowns every game. But it does kind of give you the indication that, you know, maybe this staff, uh, was neutering him a little bit. That's really what it kind of felt like where, they're putting the lead, you know, pulling the leash on him a little bit too tight to the point where it's hampering, you know, really what makes Zach Zach. Now, the flip side of that coin is you turn the kid loose and he's throwing four picks against New England like we've seen, you know, multiple times. He's drifting off running to the right sideline and throwing it back across his body into triple coverage and getting picks. So the answer lies somewhere in the middle where you kind of have to find that that middle ground where you give him the confidence and the and the freedom to turn it loose where he sees fit and you, you live with the consequences maybe, but at least then he's back there, he's having fun and he's doing the things that, you know, make him made him the number two overall pick in the draft. And I think that's what we saw on Sunday. I think, um, you know, four or five weeks ago, do we see him make that throw rolling out to his left back across the middle to Garrett Wilson? Probably not. I'm glad that we saw it on Sunday. Um, I talked about the most impressive drive uh, from Zach. You talk about the most impressive throws that he made. I think uh, the one that I just spoke about to Garrett Wilson across the middle, phenomenal. Uh, The most impressive one to me was the third down on the, I believe their third touchdown drive where he pumped and then uh, threw it and hit Jeremy Ruckert in the middle of like three Texan defenders still made the completion. And um was able to get the first down and extend that drive and ultimately lead to that, uh, that third touchdown. I think that was uh, probably the most impressive throw and one that I know I was kind of, you know, uh, holding my breath for same with the Garrett Wilson one. But um, again, it was just good to see him turn it loose. And I think one thing that, that you really see is, and again, this isn't just an indication that all is fixed. Uh, the answer always will, will lie somewhere in the middle, but maybe this offense is not as doom and gloom as we all thought it was for that stretch of games. 
and it's not as good as it was on Sunday, but it's somewhere between, you know, decent uh, to where the targets can play well if the offense is called correctly and if the quarterback is given the freedom to, you know, throw it up there a little bit. You see Zach throw some 50-50 balls to Rucker, to Conklin up the scene. You see Zach pepper Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall with targets. And the offense will go because of that. You see the offensive line, albeit with further injuries and the right side of that offensive line specifically somewhat hold up and to give Zach protection to be able to, you know, do some of the things and have the time to make those throws. I think, you know, that's kind of the indication that, listen, is this offense set and ready to go for 2024 where you can not touch it and they'll be fine when Aaron Rodgers is fully healthy to make a run at the Super Bowl? No, they still need offensive line help. We clearly need a number two wide receiver because Al Lazard was back for, you know, the Brownlee injury. And I don't even know if he got a target, to be honest with you. Did get a holding call. I'm not sure if he got a target, but either way, you need someone outside of Garrett Wilson and you still need some offensive line help. So the good news is that you can move into next offseason, not touch the defense and address all of your needs on offense through the draft and through free agency. And I think you see that this is an offense that can be at least built upon. And there are foundational pieces here. And what you see and what we saw on Sunday is that good things happen when you give the ball to Reese Hall, give the ball to uh, Garrett Wilson, and you continue to just force feed them because ultimately when you do that, they're going to make plays for you. I think the way the game was called was perfect. Um, I think, you know, looking at Garrett Wilson as your clear cut number one in the passing game and Brees Hall as your clear cut number two in the passing game is a smart way of doing business for the Jets down the stretch. Um, so again, do we have to temper expectations? Yeah, absolutely. Does Miami look like they could be beatable on Sunday? Yes, they do. They dropped a, uh, a real head scratcher to Tennessee last night. Tyree kill is questionable. Uh, that offensive line looks very questionable. Uh, the Titans were able to kind of dominate the Dolphins up front and, and, and really get after Tua minus Jeffrey Simmons last night, which gives you some hope for what Quinn Williams and company is going to be able to do. Um, so again, it just leads you to that just excitement. It gives us something to watch. We could very well, you know, get all excited for next Sunday, walk down, you know, uh, walk into Miami and and, and get shelled and, and you know, it'd be, 31 to seven Miami. And there you go. There's our season and that's done. And it was fun while it lasted. And then we can focus on, you know, getting a top, uh, top 10, top five pick. But the fact that we're at least talking about it and you got Zach Wilson, who showed a glimmer of hope. Now what Zach Wilson showed does not erase the 31 or 32 previous games that we saw from him. But what it does is it gives you a glimmer of hope for, okay, maybe he can put something together here. And then you have the Aaron Rodgers. uh, chance to return on Christmas Eve against Washington just hanging in the balance there I for one again I said I'll I'll talk about the emotional side of things if the Jets win on Sunday and get themselves to six and eight and have that shred of hope personally I don't care I want to see Aaron Rodgers four snaps was not enough I need that electricity on Christmas Eve nonetheless at home I want to see it and man, I hope it happens. I don't know if if TMZ and their sports department can be a trusted source, but God damn it, do I want to believe it's true? So that's really my thoughts, uh, just on on what this game meant. Um, uh, you know, again, uh, it's uh, 
It was fun. It's good to see points again. Maybe it can be an indication of what this offense can actually do. Maybe it's only a shred of it, but maybe it's, it's just better. It's, it's good enough to be better than the last five. And maybe it's not as good as they showed on Sunday, but if it's good enough to be 17, 20, 23 points every weekend, then the defense is going to be able to keep you in games. I think you look at the last Jets game uh, against Miami on Black Friday. That game was 10 to 6 at the half before the fail Mary. Albeit that 6 came on a Brandon Eccles pick 6, but that was with Tim Boyle, at quarterback, doing nothing. If the Jets can be a shell of what they were on Sunday against the Texans, this team can hang with the Dolphins. The scary part is the Dolphins need this game badly. They have, in no particular order after the Jets game, Baltimore, Dallas, Buffalo. That's a scary uh, three-game stretch. They need this game against the Jets. If you don't think they have that circled as the one that they absolutely must have to, and they got you know the number one seed on the line. That slipped through their fingers last night, but it's still very much in play with how volatile the AFC has been this year. This is one they need. That's a scary proposition, but I tell you, after watching how they looked offensively, not not as a team, but offensively last night, they were gifted 14 points. Um, that Dolphins team look as, looks as beatable as they have. And I think history kind of shows the Jets have a way of slowing them down. I don't think that, you know, the, the Black Friday game was a real indication of, of what that truly was. I think that game got out of hand. Frustrations boiled over. The offense couldn't move the ball you know, turning the ball over all this stuff, the fail Mary going into half, like erased all any momentum that the jets could have had, but this game is, is winnable. Now let's see what happens, but at the very least it gives you hope. The last thing that I'll say, and I'll close with this was as good as it was to see the offense succeed and score points and move the ball and find open guys, man, was it also good to see the jets defense play with the lead? Good God. This defense is so good. I, I, it's fun to see them get after the quarterback. It is fun to see Bryce Huff and Jermaine Johnson and Quinnen Williams rush the passer. And I think Quinnen Williams is quietly having a fantastic season. And you look at a guy like him and like Sauce Gardner, who it may not show up in the numbers because the sacks aren't there. Where Quinnen definitely had over 10. I want to say he had 11 or 11 and a half last year. It may not show up for him with the sack numbers, but what he does to disrupt the game and the interior of, of the offensive line is, is insane and it can't be discounted. And what sauce Gardner has been doing um, specifically over these last few weeks, but really, you know, on the season, on the whole um, is equally as impressive. Sauce Gardner is a true, true number one cornerback. And I, I don't want to speak out of turn because it, it's I this this may be the the best jet ever, but he's approaching Revis level. He is that good, and he is still so young, and he's only going to get better. And the rest of that defense from DJ Reed played lights out on Sunday. CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams continue to just be super impressive and are the the rocks of that defense and in, in the middle of it. And honestly, Jordan Whitehead and Tony Adams have, have equally been impressive, and they are sustainable on the back end and Ashton Davis 
out of nowhere, uh, maybe turning into like our own little kind of faster version of Eric Smith, but the guy that just somehow can make a play and, and make a big hit or get a pick and contribute on special teams. But is that like de facto third safety? I mean, who knows what, what, what really could happen, but it's, it's been impressive what Ashton Davis is someone that's been out on him uh, really. And has, has tried to figure out how the hell he's managed to stay on this roster for the last two years. Um, he's really carving out a nice little niche for himself and, and he's doing a nice job. And this defense overall is just uh, is really fun to watch. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Will McDonald getting his first full sack. And I think you start seeing him more um, over the last four games of the season. So it's starting to the, the, the defense um, really overall has been fantastic this year, but especially this on Sunday. I mean, they shut down a good Texans offense. Albeit Texans were dealing with a few injuries, obviously uh, to start the game. And then, and then as they get into the game, um, you know, more guys went down and, and ultimately CJ Stroud goes down too, but that was late, but either way to watch this jets team, this jets defense uh, be able to play with the lead, get after the quarterback and kind of pin the rears back and, and get aggressive was uh, was refreshing. And I can only hope that we get to see that at least a little bit more uh, through the last four weeks. So that's going to wrap me for today. Again, quick hitters, but it's good to get back, uh, have a little victory Tuesday here. Um, it feels good to get a win. Let's just listen. We're playing with house money at this point. Let's just enjoy the ride. I know me personally, I'm going to continue to root for wins. I want to see Aaron Rodgers back. I want to see the Jets win a few games. I think there's something to be said if they can finish this season kind of on a on a hot streak and, and maybe just win. You know, listen, if it's three of the, the last five, I think that's a win in my book. I'd like to see it. But hey, the crazier things have happened. Let's get to nine and eight. I know, you know, in 2002, they counted us out. In 2009, they counted us out um, and crazier things happened. We snuck in and we, we made some noise in those years. So who knows, man, it, uh, it could be a wild ride. So at least um, it gives us one more week to, to really cheer for it and see if we can uh, ruin the dolphin season and, and put everybody kind of on their heels. So again, thanks guys for tuning in. I always appreciate it. I, uh, I think Zance and I are going to be back later this week, probably shooting for uh, Wednesday or Thursday night to do our TOJ live show. Um, as always, don't forget, make sure you're subscribing to Badlands. That's just the, the best content out there um, with Joe and, and Connor. Uh, continue to just give awesome coverage and, and so much content. Uh, you got the other guys. You got Buck the Trend. You got the TOJ pod with Will. Uh, and then as always, just make sure you're tuning in to, uh, to Zance and I for TOJ Live, uh, typically on Wednesday or Thursday nights. But appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple days. Thanks.